Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on a Thursday at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is in, and he is kind of eyeing me funny. I was stretching around, went to the gym yesterday, masked up, lifted. It was phenomenal. No one was there to point and laugh. And I'm stretching like an old man a day later, man. We will uh, get stretched out, hit some more college football. Still a good day, based on the schedule uh stuff yesterday we'll dive into it thoughts from gary barnett in one hour the coach will join us excited to spend some time talking with brandon vogel in about 20 minutes bill bender the sporting news uh, an hour and a half away and let's head to vegas and get some new odds perhaps from the pride of chicago danny burke we'll hear from katie martin from her dad and our friends from Hale Varsity down in the rail yard. Some pretty awesome family stuff that can go on. And we'll round out with Deb the Spa Lady. You can get in at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to dial. Follow us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. And uh, we'll for sure take your emails, Chris, at Hale Varsity. Dot com. Last uh, time we left off, Damon, you were going to rock some Indian food Wednesday. How are you doing? Indian food's phenomenal. It's really, really tasty. You've never brought me any, but that's that's okay. There's no grudges. But uh, you are you are ready for a full day of football today because you ate well on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm very ready. Uh, nothing terrible happened after eating it as well. So I've been I've been well, feeling great the last two days. I, I think you're going to say, you know what? I, I ordered some incredible takeout and look what happened. Football, a football schedule was born. Coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, you don't think so? Uh, so I'm thinking this is a good thing for Nebraska. We'll dive in a little bit further, but I have shifted from. The ink or pencil wins and losses yesterday now to kind of the bigger picture of just, you know, what what will a game day look like? Uh, Bill Moose, the Moose, was on with the network uh, last night and laid some things out. The process of getting to a September 5th launch date, the process that will continue when it comes to testing preseason and uh, in season for covid and, of course, you know, what, what will Memorial Stadium look like, uh, not only for all the Nebraska fans in-state, but this is a destination spot for a lot of folks traveling. And while many folks are not traveling even close to as often as, as a year ago, I, I you know, there's still some policies and decisions to be made by folks uh, around the city, uh, and local government and, and the health department. So that's something we'll get into and get Bill Moose's thoughts on that. A lot of kids are opting out. Uh, the name and list continues to grow from Rashad Bateman. We'll update that in a moment. And uh, also the uh, the rivalry that is hated and heated uh, got a little bit more uh, Red Bull in it between Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day. We will 
comment on that in just a moment. But let's get you an update with uh, the latest in college football when it comes to folks opting out. Michigan State stud defensive lineman Jacob Ponishuk, uh, and I, I Googled and watched a video of him and his older brother of Polish descent. So Ponishuk is correctly pronounced. Damon, you do not get my dollar for the mispronunciation of the day. Uh, you have Rashad uh, Bates earlier in the week. Micah Parsons, it is official. He is sitting out for Penn State, a stud linebacker. If you remember the coverage of Micah Parsons when he was here during the Riley era for Friday Night Lights. remember talking to Garrett Nelson about Micah Parsons. And Parsons has been this five-star just dude that's running pass routes. And by the way, he's an insane linebacker. He is a junior to be. And he was going to be Big Ten Player of the Year defensively. He's preseason Big Ten Player of the Year defensively in a lot of folks' mind. He is out. He is sitting out. He is opting out because he is going to be a top 10 NFL pick. Greg Russo, pass rusher extraordinaire. Uh, A lot of Randy Gregory qualities from a length and speed and bulk standpoint off the edge. He's gone for Miami. So... Kids are taking it serious. You have Russo, that's a first-round projection. Bates is first to second-round projection. Micah Parsons is out. We'll see if any more folks opt out. So when it comes to Saturdays in Lincoln, when it comes to Memorial Stadium, uh, you have Penn State that is moving forward and saying this. There is going to be no fans in the stands this year at Penn State. A letter has been sent to season ticket holders. And they are telling you this, anyone requesting a refund will not be guaranteed seat location or parking in 2021. They're going to lose eight to nine figures of revenue, depending games played. And if you want your money back, fine, but good luck getting your, uh, your front row on the West Balcony and good luck asking and saying, yeah, we'll get you a parking pass. Sure, why not? I I wonder if Nebraska, Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska would do that. Penn State sure as hell is. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you can get your money back. That's fine. But guess what? We're selling your seats and your parking pass to somebody that donated. Let us keep the money. Let's get into Nebraska and what will the stadium numbers look like? Good question. I got no answer for you. What I do have for you is Bill Moose. The Moose on his uh, uh, call in last night with the network. And uh, with that, we still got to play by year because there's people that will decide. There's folks that will make that decision. There's still plenty of time between now and then for things to go the right way, COVID number-wise. There's also time for things to go sideways, uh, COVID number-wise. But uh, here is Bill Moose when it comes to fans in the stands, cut number six. And here is uh, the Moose. Well, that will be decided uh, by local authorities. Uh, Each campus and each community, again, in the Big Ten footprint, is a little bit different. And uh, 
I think we're very fortunate in this in this regard that we are a low populated state, uh, that we have a really clean community. The number of positive results from testing is not astronomical. For those reasons and, and others, I'm confident that we're going to be able to have nice crowds in Memorial Stadium. How big? We don't know yet. So it's it's undetermined. Uh, is 10,000 the number? Is it 20,000? Is it 45,000? Is it 50% capacity? If, if Ohio State's going 20%, 20,000, and Penn State's saying, see ya, sorry, 110,000, nobody's allowed, that is a very, very wide spectrum. It would be... Now, it would not be fair for the conference to tell Nebraska you can only have X number thousands of people. If state and health state and health officials say, look, numbers are all right, folks are masking up, uh, it's going to be looking like a 45 nothing game at halftime in the student section from a spacing standpoint, you can have as many. You can have more than... 10 and i think nebraska could absolutely handle more than 20 but do you want to do that here's what i think i think a lot of nebraska fans that are that are older and bless their heart i think they're gonna be cautious about going i really do every nebraska fan that's gone they want to see nebraska whack wisconsin all right they want to see nebraska kick off and backhand illinois they want Penn State without Micah Parsons coming to town on Halloween. Maybe you start small and you grow it if things are okay. That's where you go. More from Bill Moose uh, on fans in the stands. Uh, this uh, with the moose last night with the network. Right now, it would be limited uh, uh, to to ten thousand if we if we followed the and which we will follow the uh, directions of of the local authorities. But I see that uh, there's good hope that we could have considerably more Husker fans uh, attend uh, Husker football. It's important for Nebraska. Uh, it's important for our morale, and and uh, and it's important for the city of Lincoln. He ain't a kidding on that. And this is the last thought from Bill Moose when it comes to game days, Saturdays in Lincoln. I'm going to invoke your big brain, Damon. As far as the logistics side, we will play very amateur athletic director in a second. As far as how you do this thing. But with fans in the stands, listen, Nebraska, based on safety and protocol, and that's not everybody, but a lot of Nebraskans are very cautious and smart and caring people. They aren't going to jeopardize someone they're sitting next to in the name of football. I would hope. Not everyone's perfect, but I'd hope. So maybe Nebraska gets a break. Maybe Nebraska's the one spot in college football that gets a break with 25,000 or 30,000. Because you, you can spread out 30,000 in, in a state. You know, that's a third. And you just sprinkle. And you go that route and, and you move on. Think about, uh, think about PBA and volleyball. And what Devaney holds 
No? What are we talking? Five and a half, six thousand? Is that fair? About six? Maybe eight? I don't know. Man, it's been a while since I've been to volleyball. Point is, is you you could drop all of Devaney into Pinnacle Bank Arena and, and successfully space that thing out. But Moose uh, wraps up his comments when it comes to fans in the stands on the city of Lincoln, the impact, and you know the dollar bills that are vital, those seven football Saturdays now down to five in 2020. On average, bring in about $245 million a year into Lincoln, primarily centered around seven home football games. So these are our our people, the businesses of Lincoln. We embrace, we are wonderful partners, and we want to see that, that they are taken care of as well and, and that they can thrive as best possible. And then, of course, our wonderful fans from all over our hungry for Husker football. I wouldn't be surprised if if we could, and hopefully there's a chance we can uh, continue our sellout streak uh, with a packed stadium. However it turns out, I know we want to make sure that if, if at all possible, we can get as many of these wonderful, passionate fans that we are so known for uh, have an opportunity to get into Memorial Stadium and watch their beloved Huskers this fall. Moose will do his part. Absolutely. Moose will do his part to get folks in the stands. We, as people, got to do our part and not spread COVID. Plenty of time between now and then. Uh, Let's see if it it can happen. So uh, this is turning into celebrity death match via via MTV from, from back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Ryan Day versus Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh versus Ryan Day. I wish and I want audio of this. This happened. The Big Ten Coaches Conference call Monday. Jim Harbaugh interrupted Ryan Day. And accused Day and Ohio State of violating rules, doing drills, and coaches working with players ahead of time. And there's even a picture Harbaugh referenced about the linebacker coach working with linebackers. So Harbaugh jumped out of the bushes and said, hey, Day, what's going on? You're cheating. Wasn't that over the top, but I can imagine it. I can imagine Harbaugh going, uh, yeah, you you know, Day, uh, you know how Harbaugh talks, right? Well, he interrupted his day was interrupted by Harbaugh on the conference call. And day said, you know what? Why don't you worry about your team? I'll worry about my team. But this was leaked out in a team meeting. This is reported by uh, Dave Biddle, friend of the show from Bucknuts. That during a team meeting this week, <laughs> after the interruption and accusation that they said to, to the, the Ohio State football team, Harbaugh better hope there's a mercy rule. Because we're going to put up a hundred on him. <laughs> That's sweet. Now, the urban legend was that the day said, you know, Jim, uh, you better hope there's a mercy rule because we're going to put a hundred up on you. I wish that would have been uttered back during 
the conference call. Ryan Day was asked about it on ESPN. Kind of said, you know what, thanks for asking, but I'm not going to go into it. Can't wait to talk to Coach Barnett about this day and Harbaugh back and forth. You're either a Harbaugh guy or you're not. There was something on social media about how Harbaugh lost a high-profile recruit because he wouldn't take his his Jordan football cleats off on a recruiting visit. I kid you not. And he was walking on the kid's mom's wood floors. <laughs> I mean, he's wrestled in the living room. He drinks vitamin D milk. He sleeps. He likes steak. Climbs trees. Wants a sleepover. He just needs to win football games. And I think I think he is a really good coach, but man, let's pray we get to October. Let us get to October for Michigan and Ohio State. And let me see the pregame and let me watch the postgame handshake. Brandon Vogel, hailvarsity.com and magazine. Vogues is on the way. He's coming up next. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! We're back. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Brandon Vogel, managing editor for HailVarsity.com and magazine. Author, Dream Like a Champion, with John Cook. Vogues, uh, how have you... Uh, absorbed the last 24 hours now that you know hey a schedule is out uh, did you throw a party last night with socially distancing uh, measures of course yeah i wouldn't say so much i absorbed it as i as i reveled in it for the first time maybe at least for me it felt like okay there's there's a chance here that that some football's going to happen so that's good there's still of course plenty of safety concerns to think about with that but just getting that schedule felt like okay there's there's maybe a path forward here and you know more specifically we know uh where that path goes through at least for nebraska and and the rest of the big 10 so yesterday was a good day it was nice to be able to talk to sports what type of path is nebraska on is it to yellow brick road are there wolves just off the path i mean when you see this remade schedule were you like, if, you know, when we had 12 on the on the ledger before things got erased, Etch-A-Sketch style, we knew that it was going to be uh, nine plus one. Who was the, uh, the the 10th Beatle going to be? It's Sparty, which is cool. I think that'll be fun. Junior's already, you know, looking through his closet to, to pick out what green he can wear in snow again. Uh, so, you know, I, I like the setup. I like getting Wisconsin at home. I like getting Penn State at home. We're, we're knocking on wood here as we talk. I think there's a real chance to kind of prove yourself and, and, and show all that work that's gone in, depth and strength training and all that good stuff, plus some veteran dudes. It's a great opportunity. That's how I look at September as you wind into October. Do you think the schedule's manageable or is it still pretty steep for Nebraska? It's still got a pretty uh, a steep climb there. It's not, the, it's not the final five games of the season anymore. It's, I think, games three through three through six that are daunting. But all things considered, like, look, if you just said, okay, you can trade Wisconsin-Purdue home games. So instead of playing Purdue at home, you'll play Wisconsin at home. Like, any team in the country would take that, right? Mm. So so Nebraska got that. The Michigan State game, it's just a tough break for Michigan State to be having a new staff engineering what they're they're trying to engineer and then not having any spring football and beyond that even having their kind of lead up to camp interrupted by by a brief shutdown of team activities so like the challenge there is is pretty apparent now nebraska playing them the last game of the season at that point i think michigan state will work through 
a lot of those things um, to whatever degree they're able. But it's still better than drawing drawing Michigan, which was the only one of kind of the big three from the East that Nebraska didn't already play. So schedule didn't get drastically easier, but it definitely didn't get harder, I don't think, for Nebraska. Is Minnesota poised for a fall, not only with Bateman leaving, but the way things open up for Goldie and I, I know the the uh, Twitter snapshot I sent you is something that you will print in color and put on your fridge with the the Minnesota season schedule with Flex stare down on the left side of the schedule. I would venture to guess he's the only head coach with his picture on the team schedule. Is that a fair guess? Um. Yeah, probably. I could see maybe Shiano making it for Rutgers um, because they've, lots they've of erased all anyway. schedules. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's probably fair. Uh, I'm going to guess that the social media team had had more to do with that than, than PJ Flex did. But yeah, it, it, it kind of confirms the the stereotype there, I guess, to a degree. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, I, I think starting fast to this season where you're playing only conference games is, is going to be pretty big for teams across the board um, because, you know, there's there's something to just the wear and tear of of an all-conference schedule. Like, I don't think it's unmanageable. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But just, like, you know, if you drop a, club, a couple of close games early on and you find yourself at one and three, and there's no break, there's no, you know, I think Northwestern was scheduled to play Morgan State in like week 10. And, and there's none of that now. There's, there's no week where you can say, okay, well, we can get right on that week and hopefully turn things around. That's, that's part of playing a conference-only schedule is, there, you know, there are no breaks. And minus maybe one or two games for every team, there aren't a whole lot, or at least teams in Nebraska's spot where you're somewhere in the middle and trying to go higher. There's not a lot of, yeah, we'll just pencil that one in as a win. Um, and that's good. I think it'll make for an entertaining uh, Big Ten football season, and it'll make for a really volatile one overall. You're going to see that in the Big Ten. You always see someone rise up and bite somebody in the Big Ten. You, you have the last five years. I'm anxious to see the, the SEC schedule uh, with uh, what Bama gets. They already had some 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 tough crossovers as is. When you look at the, the quarterback battle for Nebraska, or at least the thought of competition a little bit stiffer than in past seasons, I'm pretty jacked for it. Not only to see Adrian bounce back, but also the window of McCaffrey's been pretty fun. I think Nebraska can get really creative. This isn't a negative at all. This is absolutely a positive. Do you think Nebraska's ready to have Adrian back to four? And do you think you get some uh, some Tebow-like options for McCaffrey this season? I think he could. I think it's a pretty good situation to be in as far as quarterback competitions go because, in, in my opinion, Adrian is a pretty heavy favorite, but not so heavy that you'd say, well, yeah, we could have this competition in name only and McCaffrey's not a factor. I don't think that's the case either. The, the thing with McCaffrey, like my personal hesitation with him is like, we haven't seen enough of him throwing the football, like running the ball. We know what he can do. Um, And he's electric enough in that aspect of the game that I think you do have to look at sort of a Tebow, you know, a freshman Tebow like approach where you're saying, how do we get this guy involved? How do we get him the ball and let him just do what he does? Um, Is he the guy that can, you know, throw 34 times a game that I don't know yet. He might be, I just don't know yet. Um, So, 
for Nebraska, yeah, they've got a guy who's there who's like shown enough that can that can make you say, hey, this isn't just a totally foregone conclusion. Um, it's enough to push the the incumbent in Adrian Martinez, but overall, I I expect Adrian Martinez to get that ball get you know get the call to to be the starter. I also expect him to find ways to use McCaffrey. He's he's too good not to, uh, in my opinion. Brandon Vogels with us, HailVarsity.com and magazine, and author Dream Like a Champion with John Cook. Top twenty five uh, came out for the coaches. Nebraska receiving votes. Buckeyes, number two, Penn State, number seven, Whiskey, 12, uh, Michigan, 15, uh, Gopherville at number 18, Iowa, 23. Do you like uh, the rundown there for the Big Ten? Yeah, I think it makes sense with the kind of conventional coaches poll logic where we're we're basing a lot off of uh, what teams earned a year ago. Like, I'll be a little bit surprised if, if Minnesota ends up that high, particularly with the loss of, of Bateman. I mean, they were already looking at pretty heavy losses on offense. Uh, you add that one in there, and things get a little bit dicey, plus the new offensive coordinator. Um, so that's one that felt like a little bit resume-based rather than predictive. Um, but overall, like I think, I think it made sense. I think you could have put Penn State a little bit higher, though. The, you know, we'll see what happens with Micah Parsons. That would be a, that would be a big, a big loss too. Arguably about as big as you could have in the Big Ten outside of maybe Justin Fields. So, it's uh, it was part of part of my revelry from yesterday carried over to today. Just getting that coaches poll, even knowing like. This season, I think, is going to be pretty chaotic, and you can just tear this thing up and throw it in the air, and we'll see how it lands at the end of the season. Um, but just kind of getting back into the signposts of August that, that football is coming uh, felt pretty good. You know, Matt Brown's hinting that, that Micah Parsons skipping his junior season for the NFL draft. Uh, we all were kind of wowed by Parsons as, as he was here for, for junior day. That feels like a thousand years ago in Lincoln, but no, no fans for Penn State. Is everyone in line now to line up and go play at Happy Valley? <laughs> we'll take it well, this year. <laughs> you know, that, it's uh, so. So Penn, James Franklin has done a great job there. From from where he took over with that program was was still a you know a vintage Corvette, but but needed a lot of work. Um, to where he's gotten them now. With with just the talent level he's brought in, you know, there it's 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 Ohio State and then Penn State is the second tier, and then you still got to go down. Probably, I mean, Michigan's talented, but based on the on field stuff, like Michigan State's still a step behind those two. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, when we thought we had normal college football season on tap, was okay. Can Penn State take that jump because they've legitimately got you know four or five of the probably the best players in the conference, Micah Parsons being one of those. And they were scheduled to get Ohio State in Happy Valley. And it was going to be a whiteout. It was going to be the typical, like, insanity that we've come to expect from big games at Penn State. And now you don't have that. And, you know, when you think about, okay, if you're Micah Parsons now um, and you have a ton on the line, like, you have really nothing left to prove, like, are you coming back to play that game in front of no fans? Like, and yeah, I understand there's kind of a argument for don't let your teammates down. Like you just, you do what you have to do. And I don't even honestly know where I would fall 
if I were in that position, but you you look at a 10 game schedule and everything's going to be different. Like for those guys that are kind of surefire first rounders, uh, much less top 10, like I kind of get it. I kind of understand where, where they're coming from. Vogue's real quick. Uh, the moose was on last night and pretty optimistic about fans and thinks there could be more than the, the 10,000 that would be allowed. Uh, you want to throw the old dart at the dartboard here with, uh, with capacity? <laughs> Um, 20% seems to be about the number that, I mean, that's, that's what Illinois came out and yeah, we can joke about Illinois being like, you'd be happy to draw 20% most of the time. Um, but when Ohio state came out and said, yeah, that's kind of the number. And I think that's what you need to do to, to be able to effectively kind of put some distance between fans and we'll see. I mean, these things kind of change week to week in terms of, how good you feel about that or how, how bad you feel about that. But that kind of seems to be where most teams are landing. And, you know, Texas is, I think it was their interim president said this week, he's like, where in the world are 25,000 people getting together right now? And for Texas, that would be 25%, which is kind of what they came out with. And, you know, that's a really good point. That's not happening anywhere right now. We've got a month to go, so so we'll see where we end up. But it's, uh, yeah, 50% numbers like that or higher seem pretty unrealistic to me. Brandon Vogel with us. Vogues, have a good uh, rest of your weekend. We'll get, we'll get caught up uh, soon. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Got to love Brandon Vogel. Gary Barnett's coming up in 20 minutes. We'll say hi to Katie Martin from Herdat and Hale Varsity. She's on the other side here. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett coming up here shortly. We welcome the queen of the rail yard tailgate. She's with her dad. She's with Hale Varsity. And Skate the Yard is awesome down in the rail yard. We say out to Katie Martin. Katie, how many times have you fallen today? Um, so far, so good. I have not fallen, but I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can hold that crown and the, her royal highness, uh, queen of the rail yard, skate the yard, just quite yet. Oh, I, I think someone's got to take the crown from you. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. So we're going to play a game of Katie predicts Nebraska's record for 2020 in a moment. But I want to hear more about. Uh, we all enjoyed skating. We, had, I mean, between. Uh, towards the end of grade school or fourth, fifth, sixth grade slash uh, the the junior high invite, if I was lucky enough to tag along, right? Uh, We all enjoyed roller skating. That is now a a thing again in the rail yard. Tell us more about it. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, for for the Lincoln people, the skate zone on 48th and O with (laughs) a little bit of cool crest action was probably one of the best things that you could do in Lincoln growing up. So, you nailed it. Um, the vision is really simple. It's to bring in activity and outdoor activity, which, you know, at this point is, is people seem to feel a little more comfortable being outside instead of, of inside. So bringing roller skating back to the rail yard, actually to the rail yard, I should say. So um, we're launching tonight with just a, a soft opening, if you will, with a little throwback Thursday. We've got skates, um, music, and just really looking forward to our first fun skate the yard event. That's 
going to be awesome. And I think it gets rolling at 7, correct? Yes, rolling at 7. Was that pun intended right uh-huh. there, it, it, it was. I yes. knew it. I caught you on that. Caught you on it. Um, absolutely. So we're, we're going to start to roll at 7, and then we'll end at 10. And then from there, we'll just work into our regular consistent schedule, which will be – Wednesday and Thursday, open skate, um, specifically for the kiddos, mm-hmm. from 1 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And then again on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., hoping for a nice Sunday activity. And then at night, um, whether you're looking for something to with the family or um, girls' night out or date night, anything like that, we're going to have themed party nights on Wednesdays and Thursday nights in the rail yard. That is awesome. So the, the party theme... Uh, can I get a hint? What are, what are some of the themes looking like? So far, we're working on a Hawaiian night. <laughs> I think a superhero night, and I can see that being perfect for the kids. And we all want to be superheroes. So we've got we've got just a bunch of, of fun, random ideas that we're gonna build together as a team, and then hopefully introduce even some music and some lighting and. You never know. The fluffy dice, I think, is probably the key to success. I think so. Skate the Yard can log on. The railyard.com is where you go. It's pretty affordable if you want to go out with some friends or take the kids, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Your um, pricing is $5 for a child, uh, $10 for an adult for open skating, and then it does bump up a little bit if you're there at night. Beyond that, though, absolutely. It's really affordable, really accessible, and we hope people just come and, and have some fun. Skate the yard, down to the rail yard, outdoors, spaced, and uh, lots of fun. Uh, do I get footage of you and Gorman in a race? <laughs> I will win, and I will get you that footage. <laughs> That's good. All right, Katie, we are going to play win or lose Nebraska. All right, are you ready? Oh, yeah, I think I'm ready. I, got, I, I, think, I think I need to think. Well, just, I think I need to just blurt. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, Rutgers. Gotta, win, lose, Rutgers. or no way. Win. Okay. So want to know, Damon? Are you are you writing this down? Okay. Damon's grabbing. He, oh, he just pricked his finger. He's putting it in blood. It's not ink. It's, yeah, definitely. Get this down on. Get this in writing. Uh, Illinois. Win, lose, or no way. Win. Okay. Two and zero oh, says Katie Martin. Nebraska starts the season. Wisconsin comes to Lincoln. I'm going lose. All right. Two and one. At Iowa. I wanna take I wanna take the W. Okay, that's fine. So a three and one start, right? Yep. Minnesota, PJ Fleck and his oh. baldness. PJ Fleck his baldness and his Nike runners on Memorial Stadium. I'm taking Scofro over PJ Fleck. Okay. So four. mostly out of sheer coaching athleticism. So I'm taking <laughs> us at home. Okay. For the win. Four and one, says Katie, to start the year. Ohio State. I'm going no way. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, was that an option? So now do I recall him? Or should I just go with the yeah. two? I'll go with loss. See, I, I, I was worried that, that we were going to have to edit that one. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll stay with no way. Uh, okay, Northwestern after a bye. Oh, man. In in Evanston. It's in Evanston. That guy's a good coach. There's a little payback out, isn't there? I mean, for for, for the last time in Evanston. Should have won that game. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to take the W there. Okay. But I'm going to get nervous for 
Penn State, even though it's at home. Yeah. I mean, well, Penn State, you know, the day's still there's still daylight. Penn State may have more NFL draft picks opt out of the season. They had their their linebacker say, "I'm out, tap out today." Oh, really? Yeah, Micah Parsons said, "No, thank you." <laughs> to Penn yeah. State football. That's some interesting insider information. Well, so you say yes, no, maybe, or no bleeping way with Penn State. Oh, man. I'm going to say maybe, but I feel like I'm just going to make a decision. So I'm going to take So that's an a M. Loss. No N. Okay, so you're going to go with a loss. I'm going to take a loss at home. Yep. Okay, okay. Purdue, we're at, uh, we're at Purdue. I'm taking the W on that. Okay. That beard, I can't, we can't lose to that beard again. I mean, Lovey's a good coach, but. but Lovey's with Illinois. He's already been beaten. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But Purdue has Thanks, kind of the, uh, the Michael Myers mascot. I'm taking this for the win on that. Okay. And then Michigan State uh, in, in Lincoln, the 22nd of November, probably in the snow again. Okay, so now the question is, can we finish strong? So I'm going to take us for a Hail Mary W. We're going to win at home last game at Memorial Stadium for okay. the 2020 season. So, where did I, where, how did I land? Seven and three? I think you're saying seven and three. All right. I can, I can roll with it. We are going to take this information and to, uh, talk to our friend Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago out in Vegas. And uh, Damon Barr's mortgage now is in your hands. Okay, Katie? Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Martin, skate the rail yard. Uh, log on the railyard.com. Find out more info, uh, themes going on, and uh, get your roll on throwback Thursday tonight. Day skates, Wednesdays and Thursdays from, from 1 in the afternoon to 10 p.m. And of course, uh, adults always welcome 7 to 10 Thursdays. Sundays, 10 to 4. Get outdoors, enjoy the rail yard, get down there and watch Katie uh, do her thing with the roller skates and We'll see that Gorman and Katie race sometime soon on the uh, on the cube, I hope. Katie, have a good rest of your day, and, and don't fall, okay? Thanks, Schmitty. Really appreciate the time today. Have a good one. You too. That's Katie Martin with her dat, and, of course, uh, with Hale Varsity. And go skate the yard, man. I was that fat kid that just crept along the wall on 48th and O. I mean, it was horrific. I haven't ever even tried ice skating because I suck at balance. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> the asthmatic along the wall just creeping along. It worked. It worked out. The ice cream cake was phenomenal. I'll say that. Gary Barnett's on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One down, hour one, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Brandon Vogel, good stuff from him on college football in Nebraska. Gary Barnett and Bill Bender on the way. We'll head to Vegas. The pride of Chicago's Danny Burke. Burke's best bets get his take on the rescheduled Big Ten and uh, what he thinks of Nebraska's win total and schedule. So uh, that is going to check in here in about uh, 30 minutes or so. Four six six three seven. 7646637768008255865 a reminder one out of 3 fatal crashes involves an impaired driver driving drunk buzzed or high never acceptable law enforcement officers are working around the clock to stop with sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols as a driver make that correct choice of non-alcoholic drinks or 
a pre-selected designated driver. Be smart. Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, Damon Barr, a thought from you on this Harbaugh Day thing. Who'd win? If, if it was arm wrestling, if it was just wrestling, or just a, an old school bar fight? I mean, is there any is is Day that that sneaky guy that finds a way, or is Harbaugh? I mean, Harbaugh's kind of working towards old man strength, mid fifties. He's not an old man, but you know what I'm saying. He's got he's got years on Day. I think Harbaugh's probably a little crazy. Do you think he keeps his cleats on? And I think he keeps his cleats on. He pulls them off. <laughs> And he goes happy Gilmore and tries to stab the guy in the neck with his spikes. You know, you're, they're not quite ice skates. You're right. I think Harbaugh's got that wild card. For, you don't know what his next move is going to be when you're in the ring with I think with Harbaugh him. looks crazier with his like serial killer thick glasses on. Right? I mean, Harbaugh will walk into the room. He'll probably be the guy that, you know, he'll take his shirt off. He'll take the Bo Schembechler hat and set it down. He'll keep his khakis he'll, on, though. He'll keep his khakis on, but he'll keep his glasses on, too. That way, if he's losing, he'll pull the, well, you, you're assaulting a guy with glasses. You'll, you'll never hit a guy with glasses. Well, Day, meanwhile, will probably... Day's thinned out a little bit. I think he uh, was enjoying some home cooking for a while, so I, I think he's... Probably worked out. Harbaugh's put on a couple LBs, but he's still the guy that's like taking snaps during practice. I mean, he's got the wh- You know what? He may, in in desperation time, use that whistle around his neck as a whip. <laughs> he won't blow the whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Day's got him in a figure four, and Harbaugh reaches for the whistle to blow the whistle. I'm being accosted. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's blowing the whistle. Oh, man. I'm going to try and have fun with this, and Barnett may not be in the mood <laughs> about coaching feuds. We shall see. He's been watching golf. I'm sure of it today. I hope so. hope he's been watching a major that's going on. We'll get his take on both NU schedules. Nebraska and Northwestern. Good first hour. And uh, check us out. You can stream us ESPNLinkedIn.com. And as always, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Barr with two R's. Hour two on the way. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt's underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you back. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. We say hi to the coach, Northwestern and Colorado, and a big-time golfer. Gary Barnett is with us. Coach, how's your Thursday? Thanks for the time. Uh, it's going well. Pretty interesting times, though, Chris. Man. <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen. You are not a kidding, man. Uh, I was kind of shocked with 
the beginning of the week. We are now to Thursday, and we've been kind of holding our breath about a Big Ten schedule. That was dropped on on Wednesday. We'll get into that. I want your I want your your input, Coach, on just the the climate that's out there right now with the Pac-12 and the, the players that have spoke up with the players uh, tr- Tribune, uh, their their voice and their demands on the Pac-12. And you had uh, several Big Ten players come out with a letter not long after the Big Ten announced their schedule yesterday, not demanding monetary. Uh, input from from uh, the the conference or coaches, but more so health and safety. As you look at this, as a guy who's coached in a couple of different spots, what what's your reaction to uh, to what's going on in college football? Well, the first thing is I'm glad I'm not coaching. Yeah, because it would be really frustrating trying to uh, get a team mentally ready to play physically. I mean, I don't know how you do it physically, but team mentally ready to play and. You know, it's one of those things where you you have you've accumulated and recruited and worked hard to keep and get uh, really good players. You you think you've got a chance to have them all on the field at one time, and now you've got a lot of them opting out. You're going to see more of them opting out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you really wonder with. All the things that are that is happening and all the problems that are being that are surfacing, mm-hmm. why even mess with it this year? And I mean, we all want it. We all want to see it. And we're going to be in we're going to be in therapy if it doesn't happen. Uh, therapists are going to make a lot of money in this deal, <laughs> but um, it would be so hard to be coaching right now. You don't know what to plan on. You can't plan. You don't know what your guys are going to do. Um, the it's not in it's you know coaches love control. They, I mean, you have to have control when you're running a squad of 180 guys like like you are there in Nebraska, or 120 here, and all the people that work for you and around the players. I mean, it becomes a 250 person organization easily, and you are in control, and you're supposed to be able to to lead them and you don't know how to lead them because you don't have any control. It's all out of your hands right now. So to me, that would be very, very frustrating. I think, Chris, what's going to happen is, is as I see this thing, and I I think we discussed this before, but uh, I think that you're going to see the NCAA uh, have really down-to-earth discussions with the NFL about taking kids out of high school. Someone just bought the rights to the USFL. Uh, It's a perfect venue and a perfect way to start a farm system within the NFL. You take all all the players who think they, they want money and want a share of everything and just put them in the NFL. They don't have to go to school. They don't have to worry about all that stuff. Uh, they're not going to be on a campus to experience the things that they think that are uh, that make them mistreated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can eliminate all that by just having them go to the NFL in a in a uh, in a system that, after a year or two years in that league or that system, they get they get a it's like the GI Bill. They can go back to college. Sure. Uh, they can see if they make it. Um, uh, 
and you take you eliminate ten to fifteen percent of um, the players now that are are you know are are uprising and the ones that are that are bringing about issues right or wrong and um you know, it, it may not look the same. I mean, college football may not have the top 15 or 20 percent of players, or 25 maybe, mm-hmm. but um, at least the system can go on, and at least everybody is satisfied. Guys who want money for playing can get money for playing. Guys who just want to go to school and play football and be a part of the old uh, system can do that. They can get their education, and we can go on. Uh, and I think all of this is just pushing in that direction. And before it was just one side pushing. Now I think you'll see both sides pushing. Gary Barnett's with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, that's uh, it's well thought out with, with you know, The Rock purchasing the XFL and, and maybe, maybe there's uh, some gray area there. It wasn't that long ago. What are we talking, six, seven seasons ago where – Kane Coulter was at Northwestern, and there was kind of the first steps in, in an attempt to unionize, and that's when the first discussions were really kind of on the on the front page. And I know you're close with Northwestern. How how big of a distraction was that then for that Northwestern team, with the focus being not just football and school, but hey, should there be some some sort of payment? And as close as you are to the Pac-12, how did this start? I mean, with with the with the Players Tribune, how did X number of kids, maybe hundreds? I don't I don't have the the, the number, but how did it get from frustration to let's publish a letter and and try and get some some money back to us? I mean, where, how did, where did it go from A to Z? Chris, it's, it, that's been going on all. The Kane Coulter uh, issue, mm-hmm. uh, and which, by the way, I coached his dad. But uh, the Kane Coulter issue uh, was all brought about by a meeting with some guys from UCLA. This has been in the works for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, the same group from UCLA has been trying to get this through. They've been trying to rally. Uh, they had a lawsuit. They lost the lawsuit. And, you know, it's this has been just under the – not not under the radar so much, but under the surface that's just been boiling over here and there, and then it'll come up and then it'll get covered up. But it's it's been out there for years, and and really the this this Pac-12 group uh, is is orchestrated by the same people, exact same guy that was a UCLA player and student. Uh, it, it's all the same people organizing this thing, and has been for 20 years. They finally. Because everybody's out of work and they have a lot of time on their hands. The Black Lives Matter thing surfaced huge. And now all of a sudden they have a lot more opportunity to get what they would like to say out there. And more people are going to listen because they got time to listen. They don't have all these other things in their life to try to keep going. So uh, all of a sudden now th- there is an audience for for their discussions. And... Uh, it's, it's just going to come to a peak somewhere. There's going to be a big collision between what's been big-time college athletics and what it's going to be and player demands. 
there's going to be a huge collision here, and it's coming pretty soon. And what I think, and this is just me, is what I said before, mm-hmm. uh, uh, developmental league, everybody who wants to get paid for playing sports, go there. Uh, everybody else that wants to go to college, uh, get, a, get a college degree, uh, put up with the, the, you know, how hard it is and all this sort of stuff, but play there, you can do that. I mean, that's the only really logical solution to all this. So, and I think it's coming and, you know, it's being forced. With recruiting, <laughs> so a Trevor Lawrence may not end up at Clemson. Okay. Uh, what do you do if you're a college coach? How soon do you have to reevaluate moving on from a kid uh, at, at a quarterback spot or a great left tackle or a stud defensive tackle? Uh, if you're Nick Saban, where you get slews of five-star dudes and they get coached up by you, uh, this is a, a whole new wrinkle in the recruiting game, isn't it? Well, it will be. Uh, what happens now is you're not recruiting against other schools. You're recruiting against the NFL. And so um, you got to figure out whether, one, whether, whether it's worth doing. Sure. Because um, if they're unhappy now, can you imagine uh, if they make the decision to go to college and go through the traditional system and all their buddies are out in the USFL for, you know, let's just use that as an example. Sure. Um, and, I mean, it's just going to create all sorts of issues. So I think you got to really decide. You're, these guys are all going to have to decide, really, who is it that's going to stay in your program? And who is it that isn't going to be a problem in your program? Now, you know, I also see that the level, the quality of college football is – if that happens, if it goes by what I say, think it's going to go, it's not going to be the same on Saturday as it has been. Uh, are fans of college football still going to, I mean, they will in Lincoln, but mm-hmm. anywhere else, are they still going to rally and support that state school and uh, football program? Because, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same quality if, if that happens. Coach, what's your your uh, read on the accusations up the road at Colorado State? Um, well, I, I think that um, I don't think that's unusual. I think that uh, you know, one, you you want to as a head as a football coach, and we talked about control a little bit early. One mm-hmm. of the things that I always said was. You want to make sure that everybody who touches and is involved and sees your players on a day-to-day basis are all on the same page. So you want the control to be able to hire the people that are around them. When you don't have that control and when all of a sudden you're hiring or the school is hiring people in the positions of trainers and athletic department people that are around your players all the time, then all of a sudden now, um, any little splinter in your system gets blown up and sides are taken. So I sort of see that at the CSU deal. In reality, at the CSU deal, there's, there's the, what the coaches and 
some of the players are saying, there's what the staffers and medical people and some of the players are saying, and the truth. Somewhere in there, Somewhere in the middle. you know, and how you sort it out, I don't know whether this investigation uh, that the president is going to put in place, what it's going to show, but um, it, it shows you the importance uh, as a coach of having people who are all on the same page in your organization. And, um, you know, some people can hear that and say, well, you don't, you don't want people who are going to go tell the press and uh, rat on the things that you're doing wrong. Well, you know, hopefully you're not doing things wrong. And hopefully, but, but there's always controversy. There's always people who don't agree with what you're doing. And, but you've got to have everybody in your system on your side understanding. And they have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So this is a, a pretty common thing in organizations uh, that, that fall apart. You know, I, I used to have an old saying that uh, the great teams ninety percent spend ninety percent of their time chasing their dreams and their goals, and ten percent of their time on internal issues. Hmm. And average teams spend fifty percent of their time on internal issues and fifty percent of their time chasing goals and dreams. Well, it looks like to me CSU's in a 50-50 situation. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, real quick, uh, a thought on the <laughs> the report with Harbaugh and Ryan Day, the conference call <laughs> that went uh, celebrity deathmatch here, the interruption, the accusation, and then the uh, the team meeting that says let's hang 100 on them. <laughs> hey, it's football. It's Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, we. I mean, it's great to have it. I think what that's the heck? normal, I, right? There's no. Yeah, it means that maybe or at least we'll have that part of college football this year, anyway. Yeah, the hatred. <laughs> did did did, it, did a coach ever rub you wrong? Like just interrupt you or anything like from the old Big Eight, Big Twelve? Uh, probably. Okay, you're just gonna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it there. All right. All right. Well. Uh, any school? <laughs> no, there's probably there's probably some some places that I and coaches that I wanted I hoped we could beat by more than than one or two points. Okay, but uh, that's just part of the business. I mean, if you're not a, if you're not a competitor, that hasn't happened to you. Anybody you would have gone for three against? <laughs> uh, no. You know, you still you got to be who you are. You know, and that's so fine. That's fine. I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> no, that's okay. The old saying: Why, why'd you, why'd you go for two? Because I couldn't go for three. You know. Um, yeah, that's, right. that's uh, right. Who's winning the PGA? Real quick. Well, right now, Jason Day. I know but, Jason's uh, doing well, but who do you got on Sunday? Oh gosh, darn! Um, <laughs> you know that course. That course sets up for uh, for a couple of guys. And Jason Day, you know, didn't play very well last week, but he's one of those guys I think it sets up for. DeChambeau, I don't think it sets up well for him. I I think he's got to be able to bomb it now. He looks like one of the Huskers' defensive ends. He's a big dude. (laughs) He's put on 50 pounds, that dude has. Yeah, he's thick. So, um, you know, I don't think Tiger's going to make it on this course. Um, I actually like Jason Day in this thing. Okay. Well, I, I'm. Uh, but Justin I'm, Thomas, Justin Thomas. Okay. You know, don't, don't rule him out. There we go. There we go. Gary Barnett, coach, it was fun to chat. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right, guys. Good okay. to be with you. Good to, good to talk. Bye bye. 
He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We'll get caught up with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. You follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92. You read him, SportingNews.com. Bill, lots of rejoicing and uh, momentary normalcy here in uh, Nebraska anyway. Yesterday with the Big Ten announcing their schedule. Some some initial thoughts uh, with the Big Ten finally moving forward. Were you ever worried that, that maybe they would pull the plug at least this week? I mean, we've been waiting a while for that announcement um yeah i mean it's still up in the air i think you gotta take it one thing at a time and i mean at least we have a schedule at least we have games on the schedule i think we still have a long way to go before they get on the field you know the fact right off the go that nebraska's playing rutgers tells you that they're not really worried about the travel part of it if they can play and i think it's it's a good thing it's always good to see a schedule with games on it i'm typing in one typing in one now on the acc so it's one thing after another and it's always good to see those games at least on paper it's a reshuffled schedule it's not purdue for nebraska to open up it's on the road at rutgers if that can happen it's pretty juicy because well the rutgers situation is what it is but also from a a local tie. Uh, you got a guy in Noah Vedral that transferred to Rutgers, a Nebraska kid, a uh, backup quarterback that may be facing off against his old team. Overall, when you look at Nebraska's schedule, you know, do you have a, a number circled win-wise? We're right at five when we spent some time talking about it yesterday. The over-under being five and a half was what we threw out there. And what do you think of the uh, the matchup uh, matchups Nebraska has here for 2020? Yeah, I think it's trying to get to five or six, you know, but I, I mean, some things have changed. I feel a little bit differently about Minnesota now Same. than I did with Rashad Bateman not playing. You never know who else is going to opt out. I think we are, I've accepted the fact that if they do have a season and we do have football, it could be one of the wackiest seasons of all time, you know, and it's already on there on the paper for you. You know, everybody should go in with, you know, a go-get-it attitude, and it depends. Some of it will be an attrition. Some of it will have to do with COVID. But, yeah, Nebraska, I think five, you start with that and try to go from there. What do you think you see from Nebraska? This isn't a, a, a coaching question. I'm just talking uh, Nebraska kind of finding their footing as a West contender versus a team that hasn't beaten Iowa, hasn't beaten Wisconsin forever. They put up good numbers against Wisconsin, but they've not been good on special teams. Uh, can Nebraska make that jump? And to that question, are you as high on Iowa this year as maybe years past? Is Wisconsin the, the king in your book until they get knocked out? Yeah. The division still runs through Wisconsin. And you know, for Nebraska to compete with those teams, I mean, it's it's that balance. They, I think Scott Frost is in a good job recruiting some speed, using his uh, contacts from Florida to get some kids to come up. Um, but where Iowa and Wisconsin get you is up front. And you got to be able to – they have an old-school way of doing things. And um, they're going to continue to do it that way. So I think competing up front – will be the key for, for Nebraska against those teams. And if they want to beat Iowa and Wisconsin, that's where you got to win. Bill Bender's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Sporting News is where you check Bill Bender out and uh, at BillBender92 on Twitter. Bill, a, a thought here. I was looking at... Uh, 
this report that is out from the Mercury News and uh, the Pac-12 rescue operation, a COVID loan program could bail out athletic departments if football's canceled. Have you heard much about this? And if so, uh, do you think it's it's something that other universities may look at, other conferences may check into? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the finances of this are, are off the charts. Um, you got to know that um, they will lose a lot of money if they don't play football. I think we all know that mm-hmm. in some sense. But, I mean, just to keep those athletic departments afloat, um, it, it is something that, that would help. I think the Pac-12, you saw the players come out and talk this week. The Big Ten, same deal. And I think these are good things that, that the players' voices are being heard. But at the same time, I think these players need to understand the finances that we're at now. And one of the things that COVID has exposed, among other things in this country, is how fragile the economics of college athletic departments are. What's been your impression of, of Commissioner Warren from the Big Ten? His handling not only of uh, the Big Ten, the, the, the rescheduling, but also just how, how active he has been with student-athletes. No, he's off to a great start. I think, um, you know, people are going to blame him if there's not football because that's the way of the world. But I think these are beyond his control. I think they've been at the forefront of the scheduling. Look, look, Chris, everybody else went to conference only. Mm-hmm. There's some plus one, but what's the gist of the schedule? Conference only. I think if the Big Ten, if, if there's a conference that gets out first, and says we're not going to play, it would be the Big Ten, and it would probably be the right decision given the research that they've done. I do like what he's done for the most part, and um, you know, and I expect him to be one of the more progressive commissioners as he moves forward, and that's a good thing. Bill, a uh, thought, let's switch gears. A story you have out on Sporting News is uh, a chat with uh, one of my favorites, Brett Favre, and Brett is a guy that is – kind of dial it in to, to CBD. And I, I have had that chat with some friends that, that turn to it uh, medicinally. Uh, and I have friends that have pets that they swear by it come 4th of July time. Uh, a thought from you on, on where this could go. And I think it's a positive step if the NFL looks really hard at, at, at CBD and, and what it could do for their players that are active and the, the guys that are retired that are dealing with the aches and pains. Yeah, I think they will down the line, I, especially if it's a safer alternative to painkillers. It was fun talking to Brad. He is my favorite quarterback of all time. So uh, being a Packers fan, it, it, I told him that you know, he may have a few of his jerseys laying around my house. I don't know if I creeped him out or not, but <laughs> it, it was a fun discussion. And he was very open about it. He obviously started in 297 consecutive games so he took a few hits in there and and i think um he seemed very open to it. he uses the product and if anybody's pitched uh, more products than brett Favre, i want to know who they are but um he, he definitely was a fun conversation and i'd also got I, some thoughts on tom brady from him that we'll be sharing at sporting news next week can't wait for that. Bill, what type of influence did Favre have on you just growing up? That's pretty awesome when you get a chance to, to talk to somebody in the athletic world that you, you grew up really enjoying. No, for sure. For me, he was you know the first Packers quarterback to lead them to a playoff win in my lifetime. And, the, you know, the 
I still would make the case that he is he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, but I think he was the most fun quarterback ever to watch at the NFL level because, yeah, he threw a lot of interceptions. You didn't know where the ball was going sometimes, but he also made some incredible plays. I mean, to me, him and Michael Vick are probably the two most exciting football players at the quarterback position I've ever watched. And now the good thing, though, Chris, is now we have guys like Mahomes and Lamar, and those guys are pretty exciting, too. We have some awesome quarterbacks uh, now, but you know what? I was watching a thing on – it was either on Twitter – via the NFL Network, or maybe it was just NFL film stuff, but and John Madden sat down and just was gushing about Favre and how much fun the guy had, right? And I loved watching the, the Ken Stabler stuff, and Stabler was, I think we're about the same age. I remember, you know, parts of, of Stabler, but not heyday Stabler. I wasn't really around to, to comprehend, but Favre, to me, when you see stuff either mic'd up of Brett Favre or just him on the sidelines, the the footage highlights where he's just having a heck of a good time and you talk to some of his former teammates, they they just love the guy. The, the story I got a kick out of was Mariucci saying, look, Favre didn't want to be in a in a Thursday morning 9 a.m. meeting, so he'd, he'd have like three burritos the night before and he'd just clear the room. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh... Yeah, all of those are true, and yeah, he, I mean that—that's it. I mean, he played with that enthusiasm, did it all the way to the end. Um, even when he was in a Vikings uniform, that hurt to watch. But um, nobody had more fun with him than him out there, and I think that's indisputable. You mentioned Stabler; that's by no coincidence. That was one of my dad's favorites. So, um, yeah, those are the guys that really. Uh, have fun playing, and then Stabler, there's the, the, he has some legends that are true, too. I don't know if we're allowed to say those ones on the air. We we can go wherever you want, man. <laughs> we can go. Stab- but, uh, yeah, Stabler stuff's hilarious with the uh, yeah. studying the playbook it, by the light of the jute box. Now, <laughs> when I when I talk to my son about it, though, like you know, they look up. He obviously looks up to Aaron Rodgers, uh-huh. who's maybe the single best quarterback talent of all time, and then. Mahomes and Lamar. I will tell you this, Chris, having a nine-year-old boy, the the Mahomes no-look pass is one of the more popular things in the sport right now. Oh, it's it's crazy. My kid, I we we could. Uh, it's like we live in Seattle. All that's missing in his room's a poster of Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Because I mean, all there is is. Seahawk gear and Russell Wilson, and he's a little bummed out about the Legion of Boom because he's got enough of that second. You know, he's got a Sherman jersey, he's got a a, a Cam jersey, but he's. I think he has every every color under the Seattle rainbow of of home away and alternate Seattle jerseys. He's shaken grandma and grandpa down for over the years. So that's that's his quarterback. He loves. I love watching Russell as well, and. I appreciate him a lot because he doesn't have a ton of help, but Rodgers is great. But you and I were pretty blessed to have some pretty awesome quarterbacks growing up watching the NFL between Elway and, and Marino and, of course, Favre. Well, I think Elway and Marino are the two that you can go on YouTube now and throw a game on, and it didn't have all the angles we have now, and the football still looks like it's going off the screen, yeah. how hard those two threw the football. <laughs> I mean, Montana – it, he was great. That's our generation's Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously one of the great, greatest winners, clutch players, and all those kind of things. I mean, we did have some really good ones. I mean, Warren Moon was really good. Warren was great. Too. So, 
you you know it was a, it's one of those things we're definitely fortunate to watch those guys and but uh, that's the thing about the quarterback position it just could, I always say you know you don't think you'll see somebody better and then you watch Patrick Mahomes play a little bit and you wonder well I think the next 10 years will be fine with him and Lamar and uh um you know, a couple others that are trying. I think Joe Burrow is going to be really good. I can't wait I'll for Burrow. On that one. I think he's the next one. Uh, Bill Bender with us. Bill, this was awesome, man. Fun to talk to some football and quarterbacks. You stay safe and healthy. We'll do this again. Hey, no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Love talking with Bill Bender. This uh, coming across social media. Rondale Moore opting out of the 2020 season. No Micah Parsons. No Rondale Moore. Who's next in the Big Ten? We'll talk with Danny Burke on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Love this time. It's best bets time with Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago. He is with Beeson out in Vegas. You follow Danny on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 Danny, what's the temperature like and how's the swim bar? Uh, Schmitty, you know, it's a, uh, let's see, a crisp 100 degrees right right now. 100 on the dot. Uh, the swim bar is still fully operating. You know, everybody's keeping uh, themselves apart, but uh, we're still open for business right now, Schmitty. Well, a lot of business to be done with the uh, Big Ten schedule announcement. I don't know what to go at first. Um, is Vegas just in constant scramble with not only resetting the over-under season win totals, assuming we get a full season of win totals, but every hour that passes, Danny, you've got another high-profile, big-time college player opting out. It was Greg Russo from Miami earlier today, Micah Parsons earlier today, Rashad Bateman, stud wide out from Minnesota earlier in the week, Rondale Moore 30 minutes ago opting out of the 2020 season. How are you guys supposed to make some money? I mean, you'll make some money, but what, where are you at right now with the odds uh, when it comes to some of these Big Ten looks and seasons, or I should say teams, uh, uh, they could be a favorite? Yeah, it's really tricky to dissect at this point. I guess from just a what's listed perspective, there's still some odds just for like overall conference winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I saw, at least, season win totals and stuff, that has been taken off the board because everything's going to have to be adjusted. And it's really going to be the same thing on a day-to-day basis. So those will probably be limited at most books. But you'll probably still see your generic just overall futures odds to win the championship, to win the conference, whatever it may be. Those will be out there. And then really just from a handicapping perspective, I mean, it's really going to be tricky, Schmitty, because you don't know when these, uh, what's going to happen with some of these players. Like you said, just naming off all these guys opting out left and right, big-name guys. And I'm sure we're still going to see more of that as we get nearer and nearer to the season. Uh, I think the way you have to approach it from a betting perspective is just really take a deep, deep dive and assess who these second-string, third-string players are, how long these players have developed, what kind of experience they have. I think you look at a team like, you know, necessarily when we talked, um, Iowa, for example, I wasn't too high on this Iowa mm-hmm. team, but I was just a program where you just plug in and play and you just have players ready to go no matter what age they are, what experience. Iowa just always has their guys geared to go. So this could be a season where a team like Iowa may benefit. Wisconsin, too, who already had very high in my list. Many people did. But their program, where they kind of just plug and play whoever on the offensive line ready and geared up to go. So maybe those type of teams are going to be the teams that survive more so and these teams that rely on younger guys and aren't experienced, they don't have you know, maybe some of those um, 
older veteran guys on the team who are going to opt out now, and you still don't know what the question is going to be, you might not have that guidance as much. So really, it's going to be tough, and I think you're going to have to really do more analysis than in seasons past just because you got to keep up with the news left and right. It's really going to be hard to keep track of. Danny Burks with us, the pride of Chicago, Burks Best Bets, and the programs that develop more so than, than land the high-level talent. They develop the talent versus recruit the talent. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to weigh to one side, you look at an Iowa, you look at a Wisconsin, they're going to find dudes that will go to the NFL, but they're going to be projects that turn into – some really high-level guys versus an Ohio State or a Penn State where you got guys that can leave after their junior or redshirt sophomore year in some instances. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really wise point. Danny, you saw Nebraska's schedule come out. It's not ultra different with the, the lineup, but from a, from a timing standpoint, Wisconsin and Iowa are earlier. Sparty's added to the mix if you were to put out a over-under number, what would it be on wins for Nebraska? Again, uh, in pencil, because who knows who Nebraska will face off against or if Nebraska will face off against some teams. But as you just look at that piece of paper with the 10 games, what are you feeling? Honestly, Schmitty, I would probably put it at either five and a half or six is right where I would have it around because honestly, it is a tough schedule to be honest. I mean, look, you get Rutgers on the road. If that game even happens still, I'm going to chalk that up as a win for Nebraska. The Illini at home chalk that up as a win. Wisconsin lean more toward a loss on the road against Iowa. That being on the road, I'm a little bit more skeptical about that. So I would probably lean toward a loss there. You get Minnesota at home. Minnesota, you lose another stud receiver. Minnesota's kind of, an enigma to me at this point. I'm a little confused. So that's kind of a wild card game to me, Schmitty. Um, at Ohio State, loss. At Northwestern, I see that as a win. Penn State at home, I'd go loss. At Purdue and Michigan State, I think you could uh, round that out with two wins. Um, so really, I think the game that's going to be the biggest question mark for me is that Minnesota game at home, and that's going to dictate how the rest of the season goes, or at least around the win total. So that's why I would have it around that five-and-a-half, six number chalked one way or the other if it's six. Chalked a little bit more heavily to the under five and a half. You probably have a pretty similar odds, minus one ten ish each way. I wouldn't really chalk it one way or the other. But yeah, if you go six, chalk to the under a little bit, if anything. Uh, like I said, that Minnesota game is going to be very intriguing. Danny Burke's with us at Danny Burke Five on Twitter is where you follow him. Hear him on Sirius XM two hundred four with the Vizen Sports Network out in Las Vegas for Musburger. Danny got about uh, two and a half minutes. Need a thought from you on what you're liking with the NHL, what you're liking with the PGA Championship, and also give me a baseball thought for tonight. All right, I'll start with baseball. Baseball, I'm actually rolling with the Astros tonight, and there actually is some <laughs> sharp action going the. <laughs> there's some sharp action going the other way a little bit. You've seen this line move down, and that's kind of really the reason I like this Astros pick. At least this morning, unless something happened that I might have missed in the news that uh, really affected it, I haven't seen it. But yeah, I took the Astros earlier this morning, and you're getting them at about minus one ten. It looks now. Um, you get this uh, Bilek Bilek pitcher on the I'm Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his You're last good. name, but he's already he's already two and zero. He's had pretty solid outings. He gets Zach Gallon on the other side for the Diamondbacks. He's done all right. He's historically been okay, but the Diamondbacks really have had a shaky offense this season. I know they came alive last night against the Astros, but the Astros really good in batting average, second in OPS as of this point in the season. I know everybody likes to scoff and you know go against the Astros, and it is fun to root against them. 
But really, when you look at the price that they're offering on him right now, you rarely get them at that cheap of a price, especially against a team that's currently 4-8 and eight with the offense they have struggling. So I think it's a good opportunity to take advantage of the odds with the Astros. Uh, NHL-wise, man, I'm just taking it day by day. I took the, the Blackhawks on a series prize for a good plus price. Live bet them actually before the third period at plus 360 last night. Two goals in the third. Not only was that great from the betting perspective, but as a fan perspective, that was a hell of a game to watch. And hopefully they can pull that series off. Uh, I was big on the Penguins going with their series, and for somehow, I don't know, Schmitty, but uh, the Canadians are winning these games. The Penguins are just slack right now because the Canadians were the biggest anomaly throughout the course of the season, and they're playing pretty well. So I didn't really have anything in the NHL for today. I was kind of leaning Canucks. They already played. Uh, they won the game, actually, so uh, good win for the Canucks against the Wild. But tomorrow... Haven't looked ahead too far, but NHL's been a lot of fun to bet so far, especially with the totals. The unders were cruising as of late, except for those Blackhawks games, of course, to start out. But And then when you look at the NBA, NBA, Schmitty, I've just been going in-game betting. It's really hard to get these beforehand because it's just such a game of runs, and especially now. So that's really the best opportunity you'll get. PGA, man, I actually stayed away. If anything, I'll wait till Sunday to see if there's a clear advantage. But because all the other sports are back, I've been paying more attention on those. There we go. It's Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. He loves the Astros just for tonight, I promise, at, <laughs> at minus 110. You follow Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. You hear him with SiriusXM, VEASAN Network 204. Pride of Chicago, you stay uh, safe and healthy and stay in that shade, all right? All right. You as well, Schmitty. Talk to you again soon. All right, bud. There he is, Danny Burke with us. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time of Thursday. Great stuff, Brandon Vogel, Bill Bender, Daddy Burke, Gary Barnett. We say hi to Deb the Spa Lady. Deb, you've... Got that perfect hot tub, home innovation spas. Whether it's 75 and a perfect evening, you want a little bit more heat, or it's, uh, well, Nebraska humidity and you need to cool down. Tell us how we can find that hot tub with you. Well, you just need to come in. Uh, That's the main thing. I'm kind of looking at an inventory list here, and we actually have inventory. We have tubs that would seat two to three people, we have a few that are, you know, maybe a five to six person. We've even got a 13-foot swim spa. It's, I would say that's probably more uh, exercise. If maybe you don't want to swim, you just want to walk against the current or do the upper body and leg exercises, that would be a perfect one. And maybe you don't have 15 feet or more for a swim spa. So we've got really, I think we do have something for everybody. So just need to come in and we'll get you scheduled and and we'll have you uh, working out and enjoying and relaxing in your backyard in no time. Deb, think of the social distancing you can practice with that crazy neighbor with a 15-foot swim spa. I know, I know. A lot of people, too, will use their covers and they open them up and the cover lifts hold the covers up above the spa. They use those as kind of a barrier maybe i would say for a, a nosy neighbor ah, maybe so so there is some camouflage that comes with yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna tell my wife that sweetie we can just there you go we can just kind of pop up the old cover and 
Folks won't point and laugh at me without a shirt. It's okay. There you go. Uh-huh. Go see Deb the Spa Lady, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha. Spasonline.com, Home Innovation Spas. Now, Deb, you, you mentioned you've got the, two, the two-seater, the four-seater, the 13-footer, and you've got all sorts of colors, don't you? We do. We do. For a while there, we didn't have a whole lot of choice of colors. We had one color. That's all we could order. But now we're starting to get colors in. So we do have a selection now. So come in and uh, we'll show you what we've got and what we've got on order. Because we've got trucks and trucks already ordered. We, we've thought ahead. So we get trucks, you know, pretty regularly, just about every week. So you've got the, the red for the, those Husker and Chief fans and blue for the Royals fans, right? Well, you know I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> now, Deb, <laughs> when can folks come see you to pick out that spa? Well, we're open from 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 on Saturday. You can also call us during any of those hours, and if those don't work for you, we'll meet you down there when it does work for you. We'll make it happen. Go see Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 30 years and counting of excellence. Deb, we will talk next week. You think, You okay. take care, and thanks for the time. Okay, Chris. Thanks a lot. Uh, Bye-bye. There she is, Deb the Spa Lady. Love chatting with Deb. Yeah, and there's some privacy there. You just kind of pop up the old uh, hot tub cover and you can watch your ball game in peace. So, Damon, what is the agenda this evening? Uh, I'm going to try to go on a bike ride tonight. I've been meaning to get into the swing of exercise, and you going to the gym inspired me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll see how long I last out there, but bike ride and maybe uh, some some shrimp, pasta, something like that Ah, tonight. Really? You going to grill it or boil the shrimp? Um... There's like this this one pot recipe that I like, so I'm gonna do it on the, in the in the pot. All right, check the podcast at hailvarsity.com or iTunes. The uh, best of part be on ESPNLincoln.com. Talk to you tomorrow.